Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google. What makes them industry giants? Get ready to take a peek inside and learn their secrets of success. This is Silicon Valley Insider, the show that demystifies the valley and helps to elevate your business to the next level. Now, your host for Silicon Valley Insider, Keith Koo. Welcome to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. On today's show, I have Ruben Mayer, CEO of Engrave out of Belgium, and he'll be talking about how to make sure that if you own cryptocurrency or digital assets, how you can keep them safe. And he'll be talking about his cryptocurrency hardware wallet. Also, a special guest on today's show will be Mayor Uli May of Fremont to talk about the Tesla situation and how that was resolved. So don't go away. On this week's tech news, Tesla is, of course, making big headlines here in Silicon Valley for threatening to pull out of California and moving to either Nevada or Texas. And a lot of news was made about how or when the city of Fremont, Alameda County, and the state of California are going to have a resolution to that. And so breaking news is that it was resolved. There's a lot of controversy about whether it's a good move or not. So Mayor Lily May of Fremont will be on at the end of today's show to talk about how the city of Fremont and the county and the state dealt with that. Also in tech news, the Senate narrowly defeated the possibility of ensuring that when you are having your browsing history investigated, that a search warrant would be required. Uh, This is very, very much in the news for data privacy. And so it's not yet been resolved, but just for now, there is no guaranteed protection. Amazon is also in the news asking for the government to step in to create anti-price gouging laws. Companies like Amazon and eBay are concerned that due to COVID-19, that there was regulations enacted on that people could not price gouge for certain items like masks or PPE. And so Amazon and eBay just want to make sure that it is something that they can adhere to, something that they can follow. So I'm sure there's going to be continuing news in technology related to the pandemic. And that's the Tech News of the Week. Welcome back to the show. Once again, I'm joined with my guest, Ruben Mere, who is the CEO and co-founder of Engrave. And they are revolutionizing a security platform for cryptocurrencies. Welcome back, Ruben. Hi, Keith. Happy to be on the show. So, Ruben, you're in Belgium right now. What's it like? It is probably a bit the same as it is like at your side, with, with which I mean we're all confined, we're all in lockdown, we're all at home. For me, that doesn't really change that much because obviously as entrepreneurs, you, you are already working 24-7. Um, so, so for me, it actually came as a, some sort of a... Uh, a good, not a, not a pleasant surprise, but, but at least I can leverage it as spending even more focused time on my business. Yeah, it's true. With software in place, we can all spend more time focusing on ideas and our startups. And I did want to talk to you about your startup. Um, what is your, first of all, uh, Engrave is a security platform for cryptocurrency and digital assets, but I wanted to talk about your specific background. How did you get into cryptocurrency and blockchain, and where did you start? Yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of the lifelong learner type, so I, I studied business engineering, which is like an MBA, but they call it an MBE, like a master's in business engineering. Um, and after that, I joined, I joined Deloitte, where I worked as a strategy consultant for two years. 
Um, and I actually realized that I could keep studying next to my job. So I did around, I think, like six postgraduate degrees just because I, I really like to, to learn new, new things. And um, I realized also that the corporate world wasn't really my thing. I was really into entrepreneurship. So um, what happened is I, I then joined, let's say, the fintech space where I built the first robo-advisor, like the first automated investment platform in, in Belgium. Uh, I scaled it to a couple of other countries. Then I joined another company where um, I, was, I could actually leverage my, my proficiency in a couple of languages because I, I lived and studied in, in, uh, in six different countries and in six different languages. And that way I could actually help that company to grow um, internationally. And um, I also did a couple of projects for, for big banks, like, like for example, the, the Strategy 2020, things like that. And so that's where I also got in touch with blockchain for the very first time. Um, but I, I also um, came from the, let's say, the, the learning school of, of the Warren Buffetts of this world, where you, where, where you really have this, um, this law that says if you don't, well, if, if a market looks like a bubble, you have to stay away from it, right? So I kind of took that a bit too serious, and that meant for me that I stayed away from the crypto space for quite some time, actually. And only in 2017, in the end uh, of, that, of that year, which was basically the top of the bull market of, of Bitcoin, eh? so Bitcoin um, rose to $20K uh, at that moment. That is actually when one of my co-founders today, Edward, he um, completely convinced me to enter the crypto space. So um, I, I actually have also a bit of a background in technical analysis. So I made my first technical analysis uh, on the chart of Bitcoin. And um, uh, all the six signals said, this thing is going to blow. But at the same time, I had the FOMO, you know. So I said, all right, against my better judgment, I'm still going to buy a bit. And I think one week later, Bitcoin crashed. Um, <laughs> and that is how I, how I, how I entered the space. So in 2018, January, I bought my first uh, little bit of Bitcoin, and uh, eventually, because I, I, I have been investing for a long time in the stock market, I was able to average out, uh, let's say, to dollar cost average my way down to uh, the zone of 3K, and nowadays my, my portfolio is positive. But um, yeah, so I started actually at uh, the top of the market. Yeah, so, so thanks. I wanted to follow up on, on just a few comments, so thanks for the introduction. Um, yeah, I mean, we talk about a lot how Bitcoin hit... 20,000 uh, a coin and then had a huge crash, but then it did go to 3,000 and people jumped in. So uh, I think they say that Bitcoin, if you've held the entire time um, since the early days, you've not lost actually any money because of the recovery. Uh, one thing also I wanted to talk about is since your background, you, you briefly mentioned ID2020, and I don't know if everyone knows what that is. Um, I come out of banking and technology, so I'm very familiar with the, the concept. Why don't you briefly talk about robo-advisory? Yeah, so um, robo-advisors are automated investment platforms. Basically, you um, try to figure out what the risk adversity is of uh, your customer, and then you propose a portfolio that automatically rebalances itself uh, on a continuous basis. So it buys and sells assets based on your risk profile, and it takes into account how risky you want to go, and it maximizes the, the potential return of that. So I, I built uh, one of the first platforms in Belgium, my home country. Then I scaled it to a couple of other countries. And eventually that also led uh, to me being like uh, recruited by one of the big financial institutions to lead their, um, their uh, entrepreneurial endeavor to build their own new business unit for, um, let's say, automated algorithmic trading uh, platforms, automated uh, wealth advisory, and, and so on. So 
um, stuff that, for example, you know, platforms such as Betterment and Wealthfront uh, in, back in the U.S. Well, Ruben, thanks again for the introduction. I know we have a lot more to talk about on today's show. You're listening to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. Special guest is Ruben Matter, who is the CEO of Engrave. They've created a highly secure cryptocurrency and digital asset platform. It's very relevant today because due to all the uncertainty in the markets uh, related to the pandemic, um, there is a renewed interest in cryptocurrency, so I just wanted to make sure everyone uh, got another education on what that is and how to keep your assets safe. If you have any questions or comments about today's show, email us at info at svn.biz. Follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter, and we'll be right back with more Ruben. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. On my show today is Ruben Mayer, who is the CEO of Engrave. Engrave is a new secure platform to keeping your cryptocurrency and digital assets safe. Welcome back, Ruben. Thank you. Ruben, I have a question for you uh, that's been on my mind, and I've seen your, your documentation on it. What do you mean in how do you own your own assets? How do you truly own something? Yeah, so I think what we are trying to bring, or what we are actually bringing into the market is an innovation with which you can, for the first time in history, start truly owning what is yours. And with that, I mean basically that obviously today in the traditional sense, if you have a bank account, a bank is in in theory capable of telling you tomorrow that the $100,000 you had or you have with them, it's gone and it was never there. So in that reality, you actually never own your own funds, your own digital assets. And if we, if we go into the crypto world, uh, which, which is all about decentralization and taking such kind of ownership, that it's a beautiful uh, philosophy, but the problem is that it's actually not there yet in practice. Uh, if you have cryptocurrencies on a cryptocurrency exchange, um, these exchanges own your private keys. And the private key is a concept in the crypto world that is crucial because every account uh, can be accessed only by the person or the entity that has the private key. So the secret access key, you can say your password to what's on the uh, account. So if you have a Bitcoin account, you need the right Bitcoin private key to have access to the, everything that's on that account. And with cryptocurrency exchanges, for example, they um, give you a password to log on to the platform. They give you the addresses, but the private keys, they keep them for themselves. So that actually results in the fact that they own your assets, and you are just a proxy, a mandate, a mandate to your own account. So you never own any Bitcoin, basically. And uh, at some point in time, um, that resulted in the emergence of hardware wallets, which are today uh, USB-based solutions that can create your private key for you, so that in a, se- in a sense, you actually start owning what is yours because you have your private key that you have make yourself offline. And with that, you can create a, a, a blockchain wallet and can have access to it. So you don't need exchanges anymore. The only problem is that there are still many uh, loopholes in those solutions. For example, a very simple one is they, 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 they show you a private key on the screen and they tell you this is yours. This is the one you have to use. So there is a residual risk that they might have a whole database of all the keys they ever gave their customers. And then one day, they just do an exit scam because they know uh, the passwords to all these accounts. And what we bring to the market is the first solution, 
where you can, as a user, be, sh- be certain that the private key you make, you actually make it on the spot with the device so that even um, our company, Engrave, has no idea of ever knowing what your, what your keys are. And we took that as far as we could. So basically, we looked at the whole customer journey, and we start, obviously, from creating your wallets, and we solve all the remaining issues that come afterwards in that customer journey. Uh, for example, what if I lose that hardware device? What is my key backup? If I lose that key backup, what can I do then? And we also solve the problem up until the moment that you uh, basically pass away and you need to do your inheritance planning, which is also a big problem today in the crypto space. And we actually also solved that problem. So we built that first true end-to-end solution. And with that, we believe we have what we introduce, the concept of truly starting to own what is yours, to take true control and ownership of your digital assets, not just cryptocurrencies, but also uh, your identity and, and, and much more. And what I wanted to uh, follow up on, because I know that, um, in my view, following the blockchain and cryptocurrency space for um, quite a long time, that the lack of adoption, as you've touched on, is, is generally two things. One is that people are fearful because of what they perceive to be the complexity involved in setting up their own wallet, which is why they go to an exchange. And then in terms of people that go to an exchange, their concern is because of all the stories around crypto theft. You know, those, those are two very real reasons why we haven't seen uh, more mass adoption from just regular people. And so it sounds like the platform you're creating is uh, analogous to a safety deposit box where you have to have two keys to open up the box. And, and I know we've, we've covered a lot of shows on the basics of blockchain and cryptocurrency, but you're, in essence, that's what you're creating is that your hypothesis is that the true ownership is when you directly control your assets yourself and that you have the ability to unlock them with the right keys and that you're the ones that are securely storing the keys and allowing the user full access and authority to, to keep those safe. The issue is that it has to be very easy to do so as well. Because providing somebody the, let's say, enabling somebody to securely own and control their own assets, it, it sounds scary. And it shouldn't be scary, but the, the problem is that the solutions today don't make it easy, especially in, in crypto. And so there um, you can make so many technical mistakes that you can actually lose your Bitcoin just by doing something wrong. So we also really focused on making a foolproof solution. And if you think about it, usability is actually just another dimension of security because if you can do something wrong, then you can lose all your Bitcoin. And so the security in total of your cryptocurrencies is basically flawed. And uh, that's why we looked at security from one angle, which is uh, it has to be obviously secure. And we, we actually earned the highest security certification in the world for our uh, uh, f- firmware on the device. And on the other side, we also obsessed about the user experience. And if you put all of that together, uh, you get um, a beautiful device such as our Engrave Zero, which is the one with which you can actually start owning your assets in the way that we always intended it to be. So how is your approach um, unique? When we looked at the market uh, in the beginning, we are looking for the solution that we couldn't trust with our very first and very last Bitcoin, uh, and we couldn't find it. We, we decided we had to build it ourselves, and we realized that most solutions look at security from the wrong angle. And what I mean with that is if you have a secure cryptocurrency exchange, for us, that is not security. If you have a secure hardware wallet, 
like our Engrave Hero, that is not security. Security has to be an end-to-end uh, perspective on the entire customer journey. Every what if needs to be answered. And so today, it, it, you have these hardware wallets, for example, and there are a lot of what ifs that aren't answered. But one of the biggest ones is, what if I lose my hardware wallets? Then I lose my private keys, right? And something that is incredibly archaic, and most people that come from outside of the blockchain world uh, find it hard to believe, is that people actually, as a backup, use a piece of paper to write down their private key. So if they lose their, their device, they take that private key, uh, uh, they take a paper wallet, they take a private key, and they enter it into a new device. And you can imagine that that is one of the most antiquated ways of securing your cryptocurrencies, because just a couple of drops of water on your paper wallet and you lose, uh, that, that's, uh, that you lose all your Bitcoin forever, basically. And so that's why we also invented a second solution that takes care of the whole backup. And we did that. Everything we, we did is we left no stone unturned in every single singular individual atomic step of the user journey. Yeah, I mean, you said it best. I think back to why people are fearful of something they don't understand is because of all these stories they hear about people losing their cryptocurrency, being gone forever. Uh, it, it is amazing that you can actually store your keys by writing them down on a piece of paper. And there are people who put them in safety deposit boxes, put them in safes, put them under the mattress. People always are trying to connect their experience with traditional banking to cryptocurrency, and while some things are analogous, some things are actually very different. But uh, what I want to do next is tell people not to go away, because when we come back, we'll go through all the steps in order to understand how you can safely start getting into digital assets like cryptocurrency and how using Engrave as a platform is a potential for that. So you're listening to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo's special guest is Ruben Mayer out of Belgium, CEO of Engrave. They've developed a secure platform to storing your cryptocurrency and digital assets. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at info at svn.biz, and I'll be right back. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. On today's show is Ruben Mayer the CEO of Engrave, and he's out of Belgium talking about how to keep your digital assets safe and also his new cryptocurrency hardware wallet. Also, at the end of today's show, my special guest will be Mayor Lily May of Fremont, who will be talking about the Tesla situation, how the city of Fremont, the county of Alameda, and the state of California work together to resolve that with Tesla and what that means to the reopening of the economy. So don't go away. On this week's CyberTip, I want to talk about uh, something that I bring up once in a while, which is how to protect your physical device. So we often talk about hackers, how they are breaking into software, how they're breaking into your system over the Internet, how you might pick up a phishing email, which is sent to you, and you actually click on it. But the easiest way for your system to get hacked is to lose physical control of the device, whether it's your phone or whether it's your laptop. It's a new flaw that was disclosed to Intel. It's called the Thunderbolt flaw. Now, some of you might be familiar with Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt is a type of port on Windows machines, on Mac, on Linux machines. Uh, a lot of times, perhaps your video cable is connected to it or a hard drive is connected to it. Well, this flaw was disclosed to Intel. Intel admitted that it is a flaw. And uh, it's possible that you can have an encrypted computer, encrypted hard drive, 
but because the security was broken on the Thunderbolt device itself, that as long as that's unencrypted, it doesn't matter what level of encryption you have on your device, so encryption is a way to keep your computer secure, that the person with physical access to your computer through the Thunderbolt port could actually go in and steal all your data. Now, I know it sounds scary, so I think the very first thing you should always ask yourself is, why am I letting my device out of my control? So whether you're at a Starbucks, a library, or even inside your office, if anyone gets access to this port and they know how to exploit this flaw, then theoretically they can take control of your device and your data and put all kinds of bad stuff in it. Now, this isn't that abnormal. Think about your office situation if you, if you don't trust your coworkers or think about um, shared environments, shared workspaces. Uh, it's very common. And actually, any time a hacker has physical access to a device, if they know what they're doing, they have a lot of ability to take control of that device. If I recall, one of the biggest data breaches in history was the Target credit card breach, which happened inside one of their data centers, so where they keep all their servers and computers, and simply put a allegedly Eastern European hacking outfit. Uh, they were subcontractors through an HVAC system, so not even related to computers, and needed to do ductwork inside of Target's data center, and therefore the person posing as an HVAC maintenance person was actually a hacker plugged in a USB key into the server and sucked out all the credit cards. So once again, just highlighting that the safest way to keep your computer safe is to keep it under your physical control at all times. So that's the tip of the week. Once again, you're listening to Silicon Valley Insider. My special guest today is Ruben Mayer, who is the CEO of Engrave, a company that's creating a secure platform for cryptocurrencies and digital assets. On today's show, we've been discussing what cryptocurrency is and blockchain. We're doing a refresher course just because of how much more interest there is, again, in cryptocurrency due to the coronavirus and that people are feeling a little bit uncertain with fiat currency. Ruben and his team have been around the space for quite a while, serial entrepreneurs. And so we're talking about how to keep these types of assets safe. And so we thought we'd go back from the beginning. So Ruben... What are the steps for somebody to get involved in cryptocurrency to begin with, not, not even needing your platform yet, but just how do they first think about getting started with cryptocurrency? It's not always as straightforward as it could be. It's, it's still, um, I think people are still like Googling it and, and, and it's not always right in front of them. But um, the first thing you have to do, well, in Belgium at least, is you have to link your bank account to one of these cryptocurrency exchanges. Um, and then you can, you can basically send your first amount of money first amount of fiat, uh, fiat money uh, to that exchange. And there are a couple of different types of exchanges. So you have exchanges where you can actually um, buy Bitcoin or Ethereum with uh, your fiat money, like your US dollars. Um, and, then, and then after, let's say, be, after those platforms, you can say, with Bitcoin now, I will buy any kind of other cryptocurrency. And so you have these first platforms that I would recommend using in the beginning. And if you really want to buy specific kind of cryptocurrencies, you, you actually have to go to other platforms uh, where you can trade over a thousand different coins, uh, basically. A thousand coins? That's what also gives people concern is they don't know which cryptocurrencies that they should get started in. I'm not advocating any, but I do suggest mm -hmm. that people do their research into what are yeah. true coins and what would, are altcoins. 
Yeah, I would just um, recommend to start simple. Um, if you start with Bitcoin, that's that's good. That's okay. And then you can maybe look for Ethereum, and then you can start indeed doing your own due diligence. Um, because a lot of these other coins, well, they're, it's really difficult to, to gauge their actual worth. And it's much more difficult than even with stocks and even to, to do it for stocks valuation. It's not, not that straightforward either for a beginner. So um, it's best that you just don't overcomplicate it for yourself. If you just buy Bitcoin, then you already have a, a tangible uh, position, I would say. And in the last segment, um, you did a really good job explaining about how can you truly own something. So I think as people first get interested in cryptocurrency, especially if they don't understand the technology behind it, uh, they like to make the analogy that it's like banking. So they think about, oh, I have an exchange and I have a bank account and that's where I store my, my assets. Then if I put it into a crypto exchange, it's very similar, but they don't understand that when they hear the stories about cryptocurrency exchanges being hacked, it's not the actual digital asset that's hacked, but the actual storage mechanism where they're just using regular technology. It's not necessarily a blockchain technology. And the either the user uh, lost their keys or gave up their keys or the exchange had insufficient security, uh, those assets get hacked and then it's gone forever. What you're creating with Engrave is a secure platform, a wallet, where people can be um, sure to own their own assets and also have the safeguards in place that they will not likely lose their keys. Is that correct? Yeah, so I, th- I think what's important to understand there is that so your crypto account consists of a public key, which is your address, and a private key, which is your password. And every crypto hack in history can actually be, be brought back to one single root cause, and it's the, the stealing of that private key. And indeed, if you look at exchanges, so what they do is they give you a password to log on to their platform, they give you the public keys, but the private keys, they keep them for themselves. So that results in either one, the exchanges, they run off with your money from one day to the next, what, which they call an exit scam, and they can do that because they own all the private keys. And if they don't do it, in many cases, hackers beat them to it because these hackers just have to find online uh, the, 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 the private keys, and then they can still steal all the money. So in essence, you never own any crypto if you have it on an exchange, and it's very, very dangerous or risky to do so. So you really have to go for the top tier, uh, top five of the most secure exchanges. And even then, the CEOs themselves of these companies, they urge you to um, put the money that you don't use on a regular basis in a, in a cold wallet. And a cold wallet, that's something you can compare with our solution. We are a, we are a hardware wallet, which, they, which is basically a hardware device that generates your private keys on the device itself so that you can send your cryptocurrencies from your account on the exchange to the account on your hardware wallet that you created yourself. And there are the private keys are offline, so nobody can, can actually steal them because there is no way of attacking an offline solution or uh, trying to find private keys on an offline solution. Good point. Just a reminder, a hot wallet is something like an exchange where they're holding your assets for you. A cold wallet is something not connected to the Internet. It's something that can be... Uh, downloaded in a cold wall. It could even be, as we talked about earlier, a piece of paper under your mattress in a safe, in a safety deposit box. So what Ruben and team are creating is the ability to move your assets in an exchange or in a hot situation onto a hardware wallet where it's not connected to the Internet and therefore not reachable by hackers. Yeah, and there are two things there I think are important. The first one is um, as long as your private key has at some point in its lifetime a connection online, 
the security of it, you can, you can consider it completely compromised. Eh? And that is the big problem today. Private keys are mismanaged. They, they have an online touch point in general already from the very beginning. Eh? They are made by an exchange or they're made by a hot wallet, which can be your mobile app with cryptos on. Um, but again, the private keys are always anonymous case. And so at one point, cold wallets emerged. And you can imagine just like a USB stick with some security protocols on it, it gives you a private key from the device. But these things are USB sticks, so you need to connect them to your computer to use them. Your experience is online. So in my, in my opinion, these cold wallets are actually semi-cold wallets. And what we invented is uh, a fully 100% offline wallet. We call it the coldest wallet. Uh, so it's, the, it's a device that never needs to connect through USB or any kind of network connection, not even USB, uh, sorry, Bluetooth or 4G or Wi-Fi. And we are able to create your private key truly offline and together with you as a user. So we don't just give you a private key. We let, we let you make it on the device offline so that even we, as a third party or as the manufacturer, never, will never know what your key is or could be. And, and that's where it starts, because that private key, nobody, nobody is allowed to know it. Only you should know it. Oh, yeah, this is really important. There are stories from during the height of Bitcoin where large Bitcoin holders were downloading uh, Bitcoin into a machine, a, a laptop, what have you, that's not connected to the Internet. They would wrap it in security tape and put it in a vault uh, to make sure it was truly offline. It was a lot of work for people who knew what they were doing. So the fact that you and team are creating a simpler process that anybody can do is very valuable. How do people find you? How do people get uh, started on the platform? Uh, yeah, so in terms of platform, we, we actually offer um, a product suite that, that, that is tangible. Eh? So our hardware wallets, uh, it's what's in a word, it's a hardware device with a nice touch screen. And it, it actually can take care of the full management of your cryptocurrencies in an offline manner. So your private keys will never be exposed, meaning nobody can ever steal them. And the, the core of a private key is also that you cannot brute force it, not even with quantum computers these days. And they're simply not strong enough to attack the complexity of these keys. So um, what, we, what we offer the, the user is the absolute security of having a private key at all times offline. You are the only one who's ever seen the private key, so there are, is no third-party risk. And you can actually very easily do transactions. So even though we are offline, we, we offer the same benefits of an online wallet. You can send and receive cryptocurrencies in a matter of seconds. And, and obviously the combination of of a touchscreen experience with, with the, 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 the fast way we can do transactions and the offline character makes this platform really, really special. Um, and but people can find us on our website, obviously, which is engrave.io. And as a matter of fact, in two weeks, we will be launching this solution and people will be able to get the solution on the first day uh, off um, at around 50% off, which is, which is huge. But we do it because um, it's a the hardware device. You can buy it now in pre-order on Indiegogo. And in a couple of months from now, you will then receive it uh, shipped worldwide. And so I would say there it's important to just have a lookout on uh, the engraved solution on Indiegogo as well. But you can subscribe to the waiting list on our website. And as a matter of fact, there, there is now for the next week still a competition running, well, for the next two weeks. So you can actually win one. Um, but I would say 
in Wave.io, that's the place where you have to be if you are interested in, in learning more about the solution. That's great. And so that is Ngrave with an N-G-R-A-V-E dot I-O. And if you have more questions or comments, do go to their website, N-G-R-A-V dot I-O. Email us at info at svn.biz. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Ruben Mayer, it was great to have you on the show today. Uh, look forward to having you on again. So don't go away, because when we return, we're going to have Mayor Louis May of Fremont, who's going to talk about the Tesla situation and how that was resolved, and we'll be right back. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Insiders, welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. Uh, for today's final segment of the show, I have a very special guest, which is Mayor Lily May of Fremont. Welcome, Mayor. Thank you very much for having me, Keith, on your show. Looking forward to sharing with your listeners. It's always great to have you. And what I really wanted to talk about, which is very timely, is what's going on with Tesla? Well, Tesla, as some people know, um, reopened on Monday, and after which they were contacted by the uh, Alameda County Public Health in terms of not being in compliance with their shelter in place. At that point, the county didn't ask for the city to do enforcement, but we also had been involved over the weekend and seen some of the notices that had come out and comments from public as well as Elon Musk um, about the concerns. And it's not just about Tesla, but it's about the possibility of using practices to help our manufacturing businesses as we listen to the governor talk about how would we reopen as it's so critical for our employment base. And so our uh, city encourage them to have additional conversations that would allow for safety guidelines or acceptable guidelines for their site and for the community for reopening. And so we're very excited to see that the talks have been productive enough that last night they were able to issue a press release that allows them to then um, move forward in terms of the next steps. And um, just to clarify for people and the public listening is that um, we believe as a city that everyone should follow the law. And so far for us, we've been doing enforcements, but those are generally have been around warning or notice if people are out of compliance and education to move towards that. And in this situation, that's what we had. The county immediately provided notice and then they had um, advised us that they were in the process of negotiations and discussions. And so therefore, if they had been asked for us, we would have been able to provide additional enforcement if needed, but at the direction of the county public health department. And fortunate for us, in this case, the conversations were so far productive and that they were able to issue a press release. And so I'm happy to say that as there's a mutual agreement now, um, the department has analyzed it, the county public health department's analyzed it, and that they've even asked us to the extent of follow-up is for Fremont police to follow up on the social distancing guidelines. But we're here to serve the community and we're here to make sure that all of our businesses are able to be successful in transitioning to this reopening process. Well, Mayor, I I would have to say, um, given all the rhetoric that led up to the reopening of Tesla, I, I as a citizen of Fremont and of the Silicon Valley, um, I think it's actually good that there was a way for local government, um, state government, and Tesla to come together 
for a workable solution, not just for Tesla, but for all the other businesses um, in the state that are being affected by the lockdown. I think um, as much as we're concerned about the health crisis, which is real, there's also an economic crisis. So I think that it's good that um, leadership can come together and that if this uh, works according to plan can then be a model for other communities to follow. I definitely agree. I think it's important for us as a city and working with our businesses and our community to have a thoughtful, balanced approach. And that's what we're looking for, that there are guidelines. This is unprecedented for all of us. And I know the governor is working through this and through his guidelines, and he's asking us to work with our local county public health departments. And that's what we were looking for, is the ability for that conversation to occur. Um, so far with the shelter in place ordinances, sometimes the questions and answers haven't really focused on manufacturer. And here in Fremont, we're a little unique in the sense that we have over 900 manufacturers. And in fact, almost 115 biomedical um, devices slash advanced manufacturers. And that's what's made us very critical at this moment when it comes to the COVID-19 crisis. So, so now the ice is broken with Tesla. Is there a process for these other manufacturers and other companies to um, get consideration for reopening? Today, there was a weekly call that we have with the Alameda County Public Health Department with our local elected officials in Alameda. And they are going to be issuing additional guidelines um, later today and also upcoming in terms of how they're looking at their test results as well as their PPE and what the guidelines are going to be moving forward. But I had strongly voiced my support and, cons and uh, concern in making sure that these types of processes are implemented with our other businesses because these types of guidelines are what allow us to safely open and address the concerns that are being voiced by our businesses and by our community at this time. Yeah, so Mayor, I thank you again for taking the time to give us an update on the Tesla situation. Uh, again, as a resident of California and a big fan of uh, manufacturing coming back to the United States, I think that um, having protocols in place to help uh, reopen the economy, so to speak, is important. So I'm a big supporter of that. And I'm glad to hear that uh, industry and governments are working together. So I think it's an important uh, message that you've given out to the people. In closing, I'd also like to share that if you look at our city's COVID-19 page, I want people to understand that absolutely safety is one of the, it's the first issue for Fremont. That is why starting in the page, if you look at the dates, we started in January in informing and working with the county public health departments and the local county to share what our concerns were, to address the awareness of the issue and how can we make sure that there's symptoms and how would you track it. And then we as a county um, working with uh, Hayward also and our city were one of the first testing centers that were available out in the Bay Area. That we had one that was available and the city put in 500,000 for the test kits alone, plus the labor to ensure that for the past five weeks, we have been able to provide testing for free for asymptomatic first responders, as well as our community members. And now we've moved to a mobile effort. We're also looking at how do we continue this, especially if we're not necessarily getting all the funding, because frankly, the CARES Act that came out was only for cities that were greater than 500,000. And unfortunately, not one city in Alameda County qualifies. So we're looking for the next phase of some of the funding. But meanwhile, in the interim, we are trying to keep our testing and other things going for our community. And we would love for people to recognize, and I'll send you the links for this. We have a COVID-19 page that's specifically for our city because we want our businesses to be able to respond and continue their business and to be reopen our businesses, but to do so safely 
And to do so safely requires testing and the resources that we need to support that. So we would love to partner with all of you and your listeners and the businesses to figure out how can we do this. And in fact, tomorrow, I'm having a small business discussion in partnership with the chamber to talk about what's the next steps and how do we move forward. So I'll send you those links so that people can be aware of it. We've Mm -hmm. also done Career Bites, which are online webinars, and to let people know that, for example, with some of our uh, companies like Evolve and Vonix, they may not know that we have over 300 positions open. And those are the jobs that we want people to have the opportunity to know about and how to upskill with agencies such as Ohlone or Tri-City Careers Health Centers and Mission College and in partnerships so that we can get people to continue to thrive in this very, very challenging, unprecedented times and that we can be able to address the needs of our community. So thank you for the opportunity to share. And I wish everyone to the best of health, to thank our first responders, our frontline workers, and our city staff, as well as all of you for partnering with us, especially in the community, to be compliant, to be supportive, and to help us move forward safely and healthy in the future. All right. Well, thank you very much, Mayor Lily May of Fremont. Thanks for the update. Thank you. And um, if you have any questions or comments about today's show, emails at info and we will see you next week. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. For questions or comments on today's program or to schedule a complimentary consultation with Keith about your business, call 1-888-828-SVIN. That's 1-888-828-7846, 888-828-SVIN. 